Do you lie awake and ponder ponds of microscopic life? Expose yourself to exoplanets high up in the night? Are you crazed for kinematics? Do you fantasize of fauna? Everybody's got a question, luckily we're gonna Unpack the stack of facts that you think back to every day Attack your ignorance, you'll be unmatched in every way Sit down and lend an ear, all the answers will be clear I'm running out of rhymes, I'll let the host take it from here Hey Ellie, I've got kind of a, a fun one today. Are, is there anything out there in the, the wacky world of science that on the surface might seem like kind of a small, inconsequential sort of like wrinkle in an ecosystem or something, but uh, when actually left unchecked and ends up being like a, a very big deal that maybe not enough people uh, you know are aware of when they should be? Well, I think in general, one of the biggest underestimated groups in terms of their uh, importance and potential potential impact would be microbes. Um, I was uh, listening to a, a talk about about microbes a few weeks ago and uh, the the researcher Julie Roche, she said uh, the microbes are going to be fine no matter what happens to the world. They will adapt and survive. Uh, the question is what will they do to us in the meantime? So That's the microbes will adapt. The question is, will we be able to adapt to the microbes? N nothing horrifying or, you know, scary about that at all. That's a fun, fun thought. Thanks for leaving all of us with that one. A hell of a quote, right? <laughs> That's frightening. Holy we were, she left a room in stunned silence with that one. It was yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you're just saying we got no chance? Bet. All right. She's cool. like, damn. Okay. Um, and that leads, I think, really well into the topic I wanted to discuss today, which is algal blooms, specifically harmful and toxic algal blooms. Um, and this is one way that algae will start adapting more and more as things get warmer. And as we keep running fertilizer into the water, we're going to have more algal blooms. Um, and that is kind of the perfect combo for a harmful algal bloom, which is what happens when algae grows at a very rapid rate and starts to produce toxins. So there's a specific group of algae that will grow and produce these toxins. And they just sort um, of like be, at the rate they're growing, it it's those toxins eventually like, so, so what happens when you start exposing that sort of toxic the toxins into the ecosystem? Uh, oh, so much bad stuff. Um, so it, it depends on, so there's, there's three different kinds of toxic algae we're going to talk about today there's two in salt water and one in fresh water so if you live near fresh water you've probably heard about toxic bacteria in terms of cyanobacteria um which it's it's one of those where it's like i don't know how many people have heard about toxic algae. i would say new one to um, me <laughs> you, you will be hearing about it a lot more uh this is not yeah. a problem that's going to go away this is a thing that's going to get worse which is why this we're is talking about it today um, yeah, so in, in August 2014, harmful algal blooms in Lake Erie poisoned drinking water for hundreds of thousands of people who lived around the lake. Um, because the issue with these with these toxins is that you can't boil them or filter them out of the water. Right, they just filter stay. Water they stay until the algal bloom is gone. And then the toxins will slowly dip back down. Mm -hmm. um, but they accumulate in the ecosystem. So this is not something that we want to have happen. Um, sure. We don't have a great way to deal with this yet. As far as I could tell in the reading I did, I was kind of like, how do you get rid of cyanobacteria? And they were like, 
look for signs that it's not safe to drink the water. And I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> well, we're working on it sort of solution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so cy- cyanobacteria produces a liver toxin and that can cause liver damage and gastrointestinal illness. So the more you ingest, the worse that will be. Makes um, sense. More toxins equal bad news. Okay, got it. Yes, yeah. That so in salt water, there are two major toxic algal groups and that is alexandrium which produces the deadly paralytic shellfish poisoning mm-hmm. uh, or PSP. Uh, that is like the name of the thing. Like I haven't heard like another name for it is called paralytic shellfish poison. And um, it's, it, it can kill you uh, for sure. You really think that would have come up in that early Simpsons episode, but nope, somehow they, they glossed over PFP to my knowledge the early (laughs) there's an episode where like literally in the first season where homer eats a like a a a puffer fish Mm -hmm. and like the they say in the beginning if it's prepared wrong the like the poison the toxin will still be in there and so the person only has x amount of days to live homer eats it is told he's going to have x amount of days to live because it was prepared improperly and so it's this like weird surprising episode where because it's homer he just like devoured so so much and they were like yeah, good luck, buddy. Mm, okay, okay. Spoiler alert, he was fine. I, I I, mean, I figured it was the first season of The Simpsons. And as far as I knew, Homer didn't die tragically from eating a puffer fish in season one. I feel like that I would have heard about. I would say, what if I told you there's just a random episode where they killed off, like, the, the main character at the time. And then, but like, he was still just coming around episodes later. Homer's just a ghost for the rest of the seasons. And no one talks about it. Based on what he's uh, been through, it's not that surprising. That would be some some Game of Thrones shit right there. You could definitely look at it through like a the rest of the Simpsons as a Jacob's Ladder where he's just imagining what life would have been like if he had survived. Oh, one of those. Mm. Would have been a very different show, I think. Not um, that different. No? I don't know much about the space, Ellie. You're telling me that that's that far off? I've never even seen a whole episode of the Simpsons. I, I have no context for this. That's a damn shame. Get on Disney+. Plus. I, I don't know. There's so much Simpsons. That would be like starting Grey's Anatomy. I, um, yeah. Like the difference is you can mostly like pick and choose with Simpsons. Like, you know, where the, you can find out where the good seasons are. Okay. Anyway, this is nothing to do I was with. I say, so the, after recommendations, the other one um, is, uh, it's called Pseudonicha, which produces demoic, demoic acid. I think I'm saying that right. Um, and that will cause vomiting, memory loss, or death when consumed at high levels. Uh, so obviously all of that is bad. So everything we've talked about from the algal standpoint, uh, toxins that are being produced, none of them are good for you. You mostly want uh, to avoid toxins. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in, this, in this specific instant, quotes from Gwyneth Paltrow about toxins in your body, these are toxins that will go in your body and cause problems. Um, real medical toxins, not just yes. vague pseudotoxins. Yes. In any other context, those quotes are very different and have very varying levels of accuracy. However, in this standpoint, when we're talking about toxins, we're talking about a thing that you ingest that will hurt you. Um, I just feel like that's important to note, given how much we talk about Right. Toxins. Before uh, literal goes, like, toxins. Yeah, we, we don't want to like send goop subscribers into a tizzy or anything. We're not we're not coming for your field. 
we're coming we're looking at real toxins yes and i feel like this would upset goop subscribers in a very different way yeah uh and so if, if that wasn't enough, algal blooms will also deplete the oxygen levels in the water and block the sunlight to lower water levels. So that damages the aquatic environment and it can kill the fish as well. And the toxins can kill the fish. So, um, so nothing but ne negatives. A lot of negatives, not a lot of positives to harmful algal blooms. That's why I haven't harmful. heard a single one so far. I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to keep making it worse. Uh, and <laughs> so the other thing that's, I think, really important to note is that you can get you can ingest these in multiple ways. So you can get it from eating fish or seafood that's ingested the algal toxins. Um, you can also get it from the air around the bloom and from drinking from sources that are contaminated with the toxic algae. Just so, being vaguely in, in the area can screw you over. Yes, if you see an algal mat, which is like this huge bloom of algae, like it's like taking over the lake, don't swim in that. Okay. My kind of blanket recommendation now that I've read what I've read, just don't. That's actually terrifying to think about. So, okay. So we, we, we live in an, we're, we're from an inland lake state. We've done a lot yeah. of algae swimming and I'm yeah. telling you, maybe we should stop. Okay. All right. Um, uh, and it's particularly, that might be tough. Like, this like really dense algae that happens in the summer. Right. And like, not just like um, a thin layer. It's like, you can, you can tell. Okay. Yeah. And it, but the, so the issue is you can't just look at an algal bloom and know if it's a toxic one or not, because there are species of algae that can bloom and bloom and they will never become toxic. It's these three groups specifically, um, but they are different colors and have, you know, they can, it's, it's, it's hard to t say, oh, that's cyanobacteria. That'll hurt me versus this is a regular <laughs> dense algal mat that will not hurt me. You can't really get really that by eye. Think every time I've been in like a lake or a river in the past, like five, 10 years, you know, yeah. just I've, like, I've definitely swum through something. Don't oh, know yeah. what it was. I'm something. sitting, I'm sitting here thinking about the time I was, I was rowing and there's really bad, uh, algae and like seaweed growth. I don't know if it's seaweed or kelp or, um, whatever it is in the river. Yeah. Uh, my plant ID is great. Uh, and <laughs> there's just, cause there, there are people with lawns right up to the edge of the water. And so there's just sure. fertilizer running into the yeah, river. Yeah, by yeah. Road. And, um, so there's just thick, like all the way top to bottom, like algae growth was nasty. And I flipped yeah, my there's a bunch of toxic stuff in there that you just don't want to ever, ever fully know. Yeah. I'm thinking about the time I flipped my boat into that and I, I, yeah, I nope. went into it and it was, um, it was really nasty could have been anything that's just not good and unfortunate that it was not it was not a harmful algal bloom it was just a regular gross uh dump in the water yeah. uh, <laughs> that's the lucky version of what could have happened yes yeah yeah um so yeah, I feel like we've we've nailed the the basics of harmful algal blooms, but I feel like it's that we're kind of getting to is that the reason that we're going to start hearing about this now more and more is that the frequency and the severity of algal blooms have increased significantly in recent years due to the combined human impacts of runoff and climate change. Right. I know that it's not surprising that I'm blaming uh, people uh, for problems on this podcast because uh, I never do that, um, and so I. <laughs> Checks back previous record and episode logs. <laughs> Squints at previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of curious. I found this this paper from 2018 that was looking into like how do algal blooms become toxic, mm -hmm. and so they looked into uh, the pseudo Nietzsche uh, 
uh, algae and they found that there's like a group of genes that like collectively produce domoic acid. Um, just like getting them in big groups together just really makes it go into a frenzy basically. So it's, it's specifically when there's, it, it, when you're thinking about this is an ocean, this is a salt water algae and it occurs when there's limited phosphate. Um, mm -hmm. So that happens when you have tons and tons of, so even if you're dumping phosphate um, into the ocean from like runoff, because there's often phosphate in runoff, if there's so much bacteria uh, or there's so much, not bacteria, there's so much algae, you're still going to surpass the, the phosphate that's in your system. So mostly okay. a lot of things are phosphate limited. It's, a thing. it's not that common of a thing. Uh, and then also when there's increased carbon dioxide in the ocean, you're more likely to get a harmful algal bloom. Those two things together. Um, Just makes everything worse. That's the combo. So that's when that group of genes tends to be activated. So if you have expansive growth in response to runoff, and then they use up all of that phosphate. So now the phosphate is limited and you have increased carbon dioxide in the ocean from climate change. That's kind of your magic uh, harmful algal bloom. It's not that these have just started doing it over the last 20 years. There have been toxic algal blooms for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to increase in frequency because this combo is happening. Yeah, there's often. gonna be more carbon dioxide in the air and in the water, so it just, yeah. Well, yeah. so uh, let's ask the, the always happy question. What can we do to stop it, Ellie? Ah, so I was, I, this is now going to become a PSA for how do I know if there are toxic algal blooms near me? Uh, so I did some looking into that because I read this and I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> hey, this looks like it would be extremely scary for me and a lot of my friends specifically. Yeah, yeah. And so there, uh, there are local algae broadcasts from NOAA for several regions in North America. Um, so they're currently active for the Gulf of Mexico, uh, for Lake Erie and the Great Lakes, the Gulf of Maine, Pacific Northwest and California coasts are coming soon under construction on the NOAA website when I checked this morning. Okay. Um, and so they perform extensive monitoring and imaging to look for algal blooms, to try to predict where they're going to happen. They have a really cool website where you can go and look at like real time, like imaging. Where like, you can uh, see, if it's growing, you can see it growing. Yeah. So you can see what the growth looks like and like the rate of growth. Uh, and they use that to predict where the, where the algal blooms are going to be. Um, and additionally, the EPA has departments related to harmful algal blooms in all 50 U.S. states. Uh, and pretty much every article I read at some point recommended looking for local government alerts and closures. So when they find toxins in the water, they're testing for it. They're looking for it. They, they have to let um, you know. They have to they will let you get know. it out there. Okay. Yeah, they will, they will shut down the lake. Um, for your own protection, if you see exponential algae growth, don't go swimming in the algae. Don't let your dogs drink and drink the water out of the lake. Um, Maybe let somebody know. Let people know. Um, yeah, the, the dogs thing is, is so frequently like, you know, because dogs will just drink out of anything. Yeah, they're dogs. They're just, they're going to get water where they yep. want water. If you see lots of algal blooms in the lake, it is recommended that you do not let your dogs drink out of the lake in case there are toxins in the lake. Um, but the, yeah, so the tough part is, is that you, it, you, can't, you can't tell in, as an individual by eye, um, right. but avoid algal mats while you're swimming uh, in general. But if you live in an area where there's been cyanobacteria in the past, 
Um, cause you, again, you need this kind of bacteria or not a bacteria. Why do I keep saying that? Um, you need this kind of algae. We're not talking about bacteria at all today. We're talking about algae and my brain is just like small thing. That's bacteria. No, it's yeah. not. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn would like to have a word. Yeah. There's like a hundred different kinds of small things. Uh, micro microbes are many different groups. They are not bacteria. They, we are talking about algae today. Yes. Um, so if you are seeing algal mats, so there's specific algae that are going to cause these problems. So if there is a history in your area of these algal blooms, especially want to be careful in those regions. And there's a yeah. lot of active research going on, I think, to get more specifics about how algal blooms happen, what happens to these toxins over time. So something they're worried about is like, if you live in an area where you need to consume a lot of seafood to live, uh, and you also live in an area where there are potentially regular harmful algal blooms, you might be exposed to low levels over time. So not anything that's going to harm you in an acute way, but they're worried about accumulation over time. That's right. Looking into the more you're exposed, the more risk you're put at, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in Canada, the, the DFO monitors for harmful algal blooms. Um, so there's several monitoring stations uh, on the East Coast in the Gulf of St. Lawrence and the Bay of Fundy. And on the West Coast, British Columbia actually has one of the longest Western recorded histories of harmful algal bloom, bloom effects. And I say Western recorded history because uh, if sailors found it in 1793, I'm assuming that that means that there's some indigenous knowledge about harmful algal blooms that I don't know about. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I, I am not going to say Captain Vancouver discovered harmful algal blooms in 1793 because I know that's probably not true. <laughs> um, that is the version we were told that does not necessarily mean that is the way things actually went down. Yes. Uh, so the first time uh, a, a white man wrote down the harmful algal blooms in North America, I, to my knowledge, uh, in Canada was 1793. Um, when sailors in a service crew led by Captain Vancouver, uh, who I'm, I'm pretty sure the city of Vancouver, British Columbia, I, I, I'm going to guess that's the same guy. I feel like there's probably not two Vancouver's. If not the same guy, more than likely his family somehow. Like you have to assume. Yes. Yeah, either a brother or a son of some kind. If it's not, there might be two Captain Vancouver's. I don't know. I was going to say, it's so not worth looking up that if it happens to be a cosmic coincidence and you and I just don't know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But like, what are you going to do? It turns out there are two Vancouver's from Vancouver. Who do? Um, not me. Probably people from Vancouver would know that, um, but I. Well, let's not ask them. They're from Vancouver. I I I've met some perfectly lovely people from British Columbia, but. <laughs> Very um, cool answer. <laughs> uh, so they ingested mussels containing paralytic shellfish poison or PSP, and they made everyone in the crew sick and killed killed someone. One of the crew passed away about five hours after eating the. Uh, poisonous mussels. Um, uh, and so today there are many, many algal monitoring stations along the coast of British Columbia, including Poison Cove, where the aforementioned incident occurred. And I did check, they did name it Poison Cove after the incident. They did not name it before because I was like, did they seriously eat mussels from Poison Cove? And then I looked into it, they were like, okay, okay. <laughs> they, like, they we Poison should probably Cove. warn people. Yeah. Just so you know, Jimmy had a rough time here, so yeah, we're going to call yeah. this Poison Cove. Yeah, I just had a moment there where I was like, did they, 
it wasn't already called Poison Cove, was it? Like that would be embarrassing for everyone. I think most places that have a name like that, like you, you know how it got there. Like if if you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, you know that's just you just gotta go down past Poison Cove. I'd be like, no, no, I do not, because I can make assumptions about how that that got its name there. Yeah, I I'm gonna assume that someone got poisoned there. Yeah, and maybe we, we know it was he he ate some bad shellfish. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with accumulated uh, algal toxin in it. I don't think that's the only way to, like, I don't think, I don't, I don't know much about shellfish consumption. Um, I do know that that's something you need to lock, watch out for, but I don't know. Uh, learn new things about yeah. eating shellfish. Maybe the answer is just stop eating food from the seas. It's trying to poison us. I, I mean, seafood's pretty good. Like, I don't know. You ever had fried scallop? pretty good I, i've yet to hear about a, a pig that has purposely poisoned me you know give it time that's that's fair you know that's <laughs> give it a couple of years we'll find out i feel like that's the kind of thing we're gonna start hearing more about um who knows maybe next season we'll have an episode about yeah we'll discover the poisoned pig in between now and next time yeah yeah um I yeah, think that's, uh, there, that's, the, that's the basics on, on harmful algal blooms. A uh, Not exactly a new thing to be worried about, but certainly something we need to keep a lookout for in the future. So it will become, I think, more and more of a thing. However, I do think that there's some really cool research going on about toxic algal blooms. Um, I had a friend at Michigan State who's doing some research on it. So I know that they're working on cyanobacteria there um, and, you know, all over the Great Lakes and in the oceans too. So Yes, people are definitely working on it. There's lots of active research, which is always good. Um, so hopefully we'll learn more and more about these in the future. But for right now, kind of the got the basics going. We know we know it's a problem. I can definitely tell you it's a problem. So don't go swimming. Don't eat any more seafood. Um, I don't think I said either of those things. I, but I think that should be the takeaway, though. I really do. <laughs> is that your takeaway from this episode? I think that's the main takeaway. Swimming in, in open bodies of water, bad. Seafood, bad. Fresh greens and vegetables, just to be safe. Like, who knows when salad's going to turn on us? We should probably just... you, you know that there's more E. coli on lettuce than, like, anything else. That's a hell of a point. So just stop eating greens, guys. That's uh, So vegetables, also dangerous. There we go. So, so no more veggies either. Uh, those are our three takeaways, I think. Right. Um, those weren't my takeaways, but if those are your takeaways, that, that is a very interesting interpretation of everything we've talked about today. Well, good. I mean, interesting is what we're going for. I I think so. Yeah. So my takeaway was, was going to be, um, uh, look for, for local alerts about places you shouldn't be swimming. Sure. Um, this is something you need to be aware of because it's going to become more of an issue in the future. Don't swim when there's a ton of algae. Um, if you see a clean lake and as an individual, don't contribute to runoff. So if you can, you know, like, I mean, if, if you're, if you're a a small farmer, like you got to kind of do what you got to do, but you know, there are ways to reduce fertilizer use. Um, if you are an individual with a lawn, that backs up to a lake and or river, maybe don't fertilize your lawn. Uh, and then you won't have a harmful algal bloom in the lake that you use all the time. Um, 
you know, stuff like that. And also there'll be less algae. So it will be more fun to swim in the lake when you don't get covered in algae for swimming in the lake. I'm just saying that that's also nice. Even if it's not toxic. I guess those are good takeaways. Um, I guess if that's what you want, want the people to learn, then this has been, or I guess I'm Nick Lemmer. <laughs> I'm Allie Bison. What's messed up our, our closing catchphrase, but this has been an everyday dissection. Everyday Dissection is hosted by Nick Lemmer on Twitter at Lemmer underscore Nick and Ellie Visa on Twitter at All Allele Ellie. You can find the podcast on Twitter at eDissect and on our website, anchor.fm backslash an everyday dissection. Our theme music was written by Evan Zobel and our art was created by Madeline Hendrickson, who you can find on Instagram at art that is no bueno. Like our podcast? Please leave a review and don't forget to like and subscribe. And today's totally real science fun fact is algal blooms are more toxic than a Reddit and YouTube comment section combined. Neat.